Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence, learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. We have an awesome lineup of callers today uh, and a reminder that there is more help for you on my website, sayitskillfully.com. I encourage you to check out my free mini course too and get a head start on how you can speak up positively and productively in any situation. We are kicking things off in one of my favorite cities, Atlanta, with Cody. Cody, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Hey, Molly. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, I'm thrilled to have you joining us. And I'm curious, what tough talk is on your mind today? Yeah, so thank you. And and I want to start with the intention for this is to be a positive conversation, but but it typically or often can play out negative. So my question would be, how do you talk to an employee that you may see more potential in than they see in themselves? In other words, they aren't necessarily underperforming in their current role, but they may be underperforming in their total potential. Oh, I love it. I love unleashing uh, more human potential, Cody. So I appreciate very much that you see that in people. Um, say a little bit more about the a particular performance. You know, what what might what what leads you to believe there's more? That they they do a good job in their work. They they get everything required done of them in in a good amount of time. Have free time. Are able to socialize. Take on additional tasks, but maybe not necessarily understanding that their ability is actually better than they perceive it to be. Oh, I love it. Have you tried in the past to nudge them up a little? How's that gone? We, we've tried some nudges, offering strength finder courses, some additional resources to figure out what they're passionate about. And that, that has gone okay. Hasn't been, I guess, as receptive as I would have liked. Yeah. Okay. So I appreciate that you want them to be their best. And I want to create space for the possibility that even though it might be there, the people don't want to go there. And that's not a reflection of you. So just to kind of take that away. I think sometimes people can feel that they're so vested that it becomes like, oh, I, Cody, have failed, you know, to help this person see their potential. And I appreciate that, but I don't want you to add undue pressure because that doesn't help you. Does that land? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So here, this might be an interesting way to go about it. And I'll just call this person Cynthia. You know, Cynthia, so, you know, I love what you've been doing. I see how, you know, how committed you are, whatever the positives that you see, Cody. And, you know, I've tried, you know, I, I, maybe I've been a little bit um, less direct with you, Cynthia. But, you know, I have to say, I, I see so much possibility in you. So, so I'm, I'm really curious, you know, when you say, when you think about how hard you're working and what you're getting done and, you know, how would you rate how you're fulfilling what you see your potential as? 10 would be like a fulfilled potential, Cody. I'm totally on top of it. And five might be your 50% of the way there. I'm curious, Anthea, how would you rate yourself? Pause. And see what comes out. 
Right. And so if, if Cynthia might say, well, I'm a nine. Oh, so say more. Why would you say it's a nine? And in doing that, Cody, you get a sense for other things you might want to peel back. Well, you know, I, given what I've learned, you know, this is what I've had. You know, say, say a little bit more. What do you mean by given what you've learned? So what you're trying to reveal for Cynthia and for yourself might be some limiting beliefs or things that are going on for her that she doesn't even really know. Let me pause with that part first. How does that land for you? That, that sounds good. Creating, creating space for some self-reflection is, is helpful. Yeah. And then the next thing comes. So, so you acknowledge what you're, what you're, what you're uh, hearing, right? And then you say, so this is the thing. And call me your greatest cheerleader or what you'd like. Cynthia, I'm going to be really upfront. If I'm really being honest, five. Now, I don't mean that by you're not working hard, right? So you start to peel back. What, so part of, and you can just say, just from my own journey, for sure where I've learned the most is where I bumped around, you know, <laughs> fallen off the horse, gotten back on. It is not pretty. Um, it wasn't always easy for me to make mistakes. But let's be very clear. I, I have learned that if I don't make mistakes, I'm not, I'm not growing, I'm not learning, and I'm not able to be in greatest service to this organization, which is really what I stand for. So there might be something in there about making mistakes um, that, that doesn't land for the person. They don't even know how, or they had a really bad experience. And that gives give the chance for that to come out. And then, then you have something to work with. So I'm just going to pause here with this particular person. Is there anything that's coming to mind? Not, not particularly. I think, I think that's a, a great structure to the conversation to to allow some reflection and to give my rating and discuss it. I think that's a great approach and it makes it a more balanced conversation while acknowledging they've been doing excellent work, but you, you see that they have the potential to do more. I think that's a, a great design. So, that, so I appreciate that. And then another way to put that is to say, you know, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a switch roles. And I, I want you to imagine, Cynthia, that you know, that you see that I could be doing a lot more. What would you, how would you approach that? What would you say? What do you think would be ways you'd go about that? And so do a little swap and see what comes for, for that person. Um, you know, some people aren't as ambitious. And so ambition in terms of doing work the way we might, um, how should I say this? Traditionally think about it. So the ability to understand what really lights someone up and I know this seems like an odd distinction, but I, I know one person who, when they are helping more people, they will do anything known to man to help more people. It doesn't mean do greater work to them. To them, when they're ap actually able to help more people, they're on fire. So it may be finding language and figuring out, like, what is it that really moves you, that really helps light you up, and, and, and see what you can get. You know, I, I get it. You, I can see your energy kind of flowing. And if the person isn't reciprocating, you know, one can say that's just who they are and leave it. Or we could say there may be something, something hidden that we can't, that we haven't figured out yet. So it's a, think about it as an exploring kind of thing. That's good. I'm going to try that. Thank you. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, you've been, you've been a star. Anything, uh, any top takeaway from our little conversation? You know, I think that through what you said, it's important to, leave a pause for people to reflect on their own perform performance before you necessarily give give a rating 
And then I think you also hit on creating space to allow mistakes, to allow failure and acknowledging that when you're pushing somebody for growth, there's likely to be a bump in that road and that's okay. It's what you want. It's what's required to learn and making sure that people understand it's going to happen. We're going to support you through that. And you know, that's, that's what we're here for. We want to see you grow and we're going to help you through those times. Yeah. See, I'm sold with you, Cody. So I believe you. I, I do want to offer that that message for leaders who are out there, you may seem to think that that's very obvious when you can normalize mistakes saying, Hey, we want to make the right ones. I love that you pushed it. Didn't go the way we thought. I'm okay with that. Help me with what we learned. So turn that into that really positive, positive experience, helping people realize that if it's, you're playing it too safe, actually, that's not so great. That's not so great. So you want to kind of change perhaps some of the traditional thinking on that. And when everyone embraces that and people are celebrating making the right mistakes, of course, we don't want to make the catastrophic ones. And that can, that can really be a, fuel a great culture of innovation. Um, Cody, you know how to reach me. So if I can be of any help to you, my friend, uh, you let me know. I really appreciate you joining me and being part of the solution. Thank you. I will do. Appreciate your time. Yeah. Take care. Ciao, ciao. Oh, so great. What Cody is a manager. Okay. Next, we have Michelle from the Midwest. Michelle, welcome to Say It's Skillfully. Hi. Can you hear me? Can hear you just fantastically. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm thrilled and I'm curious, challenging conversation or sensitive situation. What's on your mind? Yeah, um, this has, so as a career and life coach, I've had this come up a few times in conversation um, and it's happened to me in the past as well. So when you're, you're in a meeting and, you know, a week or two before you may have mentioned this great idea and it sort of fell flat or no one really followed up on it, but then you're, you suddenly find yourself in a meeting where someone else is saying your great idea as if it was their great idea. How do you approach that difficult situation? So I know sometimes it might, you know, I guess I'm curious, is there a, a, a way to say that skillfully in the moment, or is this a after the moment difficult conversation? Yeah, I love this one because it comes up a lot. It's happened to me, so I really, really relate. So thank you, thank you, thank you for bringing it up. In this particular case, can you take us through, is this a group of people you know really well, you work with all the time, just what's the uh, you know kinship amongst the group? Um, some professionals that you work with all the time and others that are very senior to you in the room. Okay. okay. Um, and how do you feel about speaking up with some of those senior people around? I think what in the past has made me nervous and what I, what I hear from others is they don't want it to seem like or you know, oh, that was my, you know, you don't want to just jump in and be like, hey, wait, that was my idea. Or, you know, um, yeah, me too, kind of a thing. Uh, it seemed like it's opposite. You're trying to take credit for someone else's idea when really you're trying to just stand up for yourself. But it's tough because, you know, sometimes this happens over and over and over again by, you know, a repeat offender who's consistently trying to take credit for your great ideas as if they were theirs. 
And it's, you want some of those senior executives to recognize that you have the great ideas. And so you're sort of being blocked from this visibility with um, executives that could really benefit your career. How would you approach that? I love it. I love it. Okay. So I have two ideas and let's talk it through so that we can create something that would be useful. If it is a repeat offender, I would be inclined to to reach out to the person in a one-on-one conversation so that you could speak up in the group in the future. Okay. So Mm -hmm. let's just just play this out. Um, Stanley. Hey, Stanley, you know, we just wanted to loop back after this meeting and acknowledge whatever positive things you can about the relationship and say, you know, this is one thing. And I'm really noticing it. I don't think you're intending something that could be negative, but actually, Stanley, I could see this not looking really great for you, which is why I'm bringing it up. Okay, so now you got the ears of you could be looking bad. <laughs> no one wants to look yeah. bad, no one, right? So what I observe and it's very factual. I observe you said that, and you know, I actually said that, or so and so said that idea. And so to me, you know, one thing that people could come away with is that you're taking someone else's idea. And you're kind of shocked because you're assuming positive intent that that's not what Stanley is trying to do. Okay. If we really think we have colleagues that are taking other people's idea, that's a much bigger problem because we really have the wrong colleague. Okay. So I'm going to say this person just doesn't get it. Let's just say, right. So, Hey, open about that. Oh my God. Jeez. Did I do that? I had no idea. I appreciate that. I'm so uh, appreciative of the way you're receiving this. I'd like to make sure that we all look good from this. If it comes up again, I'd like to be able to jump in and piggyback off that. Say, you know, I, that, that's the idea that we actually heard Laura just say. And I know uh, Stanley was amplifying it. Are you okay with that, Stanley? So let me just pause there. I'm just playing that out a little bit. But you could, you could, you could play around with that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, and that example also allows someone else to speak up on your behalf. If you're feeling uncomfortable, but this is a situation that maybe a close colleague has seen happen, and maybe you would have talked to that other colleague about the idea, and they're like, wait a minute, that was something, you know, Michelle said, or so-and-so said. And so I love that that idea allows for the flexibility for either the one who's experiencing it or someone who can speak up on someone else's behalf. Love it. So this is the thing. Sometimes from an ego standpoint, we feel like I should say, the point is, if the message gets out, let's figure out who the best person to deliver the message is, right? And, and that, that is why we have teams and that sometimes some people actually are warmer and are more, and more receptive to someone. So perhaps that's the best way to have message delivered. At the end of the day, we just want to make sure that the messages got out there and we're helping everybody, right? Ideally. And I love how you, Michelle, are looking at this really as serving the whole um, so let's just see, play around with if we're in the moment, how that might go. So two things. One, I'm going to, let's just say it's kind of a cheeky thing. Like the, the group is pretty close. You're pretty close. You're comfortable. And you could maybe get away with this, which might be a little bit of humor. Whoa, 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 whoa. Frank, really? Okay. What I heard you say is blank, 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 blank. Did I hear you right? And you're kind of jokey and you're smiley, not witchy, right? You know mm-hmm. what? I swear to God, I must be in my head. I think I just said that like five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. 
And so, and you, what you might happen, you know, I heard you say it too, right? So then it might just be re- people realizing in the system that we're not hearing all the voices and it gives, gives folks a chance to, ah, so what do we need to do here? So look at, I got to own it. I, you know, help me. I want to be able to offer ideas that really are heard. Someone coach me up, help me. What can I be doing so that I'm able to come across better for all of you? And you should really, you're, re- you're asking for help, which is totally awesome, right? Show a vulnerability yeah. and you're not the only one uh, and it puts it out there. Now, if you get completely dead silence, like nobody stands up for you, you say, gosh, I'm really wondering here. So it sounds like I was the only one who heard myself. Huh. So then you turn a different problem. Okay, folks, you're me. What would you do if you were me? But again, I make it a group problem solving thing because it's really not ju- probably just a Michelle issue. It's probably something that lives in the system. And we've got to be able to be open to the fact that perhaps there are some people we just tune into more. Maybe there are some people we just yeah. don't tune. In. And that's totally normal, right? We all have biases. We're not pretending everybody, you know, is perfect. So at least we're creating some transparency for the potential for that to be happening for us. And as a group, what do we want to have? And for you, you could say, you know, here's the thing. I want to own my fair share. But I have to say, I feel, you know, I feel unheard. I feel deflated. However you feel, not in a moaning, whining kind of way, but just to be upfront. And, you know, your colleagues care about you. They don't want you to feel bad. So again, you're turning into this into something that the whole group can problem solve together. Let me pause there. How's that land? Yeah, I like that for that scenario where it's maybe within a team, your own um, kind of close colleagues, maybe maybe your super, even your supervisor's supervisor. Um, so I think, I, yeah, I like that approach and I can see that working. Um, it does take, even still, if you're not someone that's comfortable speaking up, it does take a little bit of confidence just to get to that level where you even can be cheeky, right? (laughs) Whoa, 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 like you said. Um, But then, too, I like that you gave an example where no one says anything. (laughs) Because, you know, you may even think, okay, I'm going to speak up, and then I know so-and-so heard me, we're going to have, they're going to have my back, and they could, they could stay silent. So, um, yeah, really good advice. I like that. I am, I am curious now about the other scenario where, you're, you're uncomfortable, everybody's uncomfortable, they know what's going on, and you have, you know, very senior executives who don't know any different. What do you do? Yeah, so I, I'm, if you could just say, you know, this is one thing I'm really noticing about this, and it's just, I think transparency is our friend. You know, sometimes it does feel to me that, and perhaps there's certain, we're not hearing, you know, around the room. So you can use that because part of that is just are we hearing, you know, all the different voices. And I'm just going to put this out here, you know, because and I have that video on the noises and the quiets you've probably seen. Right, Michelle. So some of us are more inclined to speak up. Others of it aren't. You can just say, I totally appreciate the fact that we're wired differently. For some of us, it's easier to chime in. For some of us, it's not. I think that we're going to do our absolute best work. We get the full diversity of voices heard. And so I'll just put this out there and let's build on it. What if we make sure we go around the room? What if we make sure we give everyone a chance, you know, however you want to problem solve it. But that's, 
you know, that's obviously what I would expect the leader to do for all you leaders listening, like, hello, right? If you have people who are dominating, you have to say, they would love you for being so enthusiastic. I need you to like stay silent for a bit. I want to go around the room and hear from some of our other team members because I'm sure that they've got something to contribute. So if that's not happening from your leadership, it's a chance for you to come in and, you know, show folks what great looks like. So let me pause there. How's that, man? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, I think if there's if there's an opportunity for someone to sort of take that lead, I've been in situations where um, there isn't really an opportunity or it's awkward for someone to interrupt. And I think that in that scenario, having a one-on-one conversation with the person outside of that situation is a better approach, which you mentioned, you know, early on. Um, and then, you know, assuming, assuming positive intent, right? Because I think we all have a tendency to, to feel, uh, you know, I can't think of the right word. Uh, like almost, I'm not really attached, but you're, you're like shocked in the moment, right? So you're, you're upset, you're having emotion, you're having feelings. So, um, to not react, but think about ahead of time, all right, what's the best way to have this conversation with this person? Do I have it right away? Do I um, pause and gather my thoughts first? Do I wait until I have a one-on-one? Do I schedule separate time? I think there's a lot of scenarios, and it it does depend on if it's someone who is a direct supervisor or just a superior or a peer. Um, Yeah, about about the one-on-one conversation, having that go well. Would we talk through that one? Yeah. Let's, let me, I want to pause on one thing you said, and I appreciate because in the moment you're like, oh my God, do I say it? Do I not say it? I could look bad. I could look bad. So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. This, the par- it's a little bit of the analysis paralysis. It can just be, hey, mm-hmm. one, hey, one second, and I don't mean to cut anyone off, one second. I, I want to, I know we're all here, to do the best for whatever the organization is or wherever the group is, right? And so I, I want, just I want people to know that that's where I'm coming from. I'm observing right in the moment some of our behaviors that I'd like us to think about, you know, maybe they're not best serving us as a team. Pause. Mm-hmm. So, so again, you don't have to solve for it, but creating transparency of what's going on and how you might interpret what's going on, how other people might, is the opportunity. This is the shared reality. Yeah, I like that. Right? That's, so that's where I would encourage people to jump and say, hey, hang on. This is, I'm a little lost. Whoa. Because you're not the only one. Okay? But you may be the only one who's got the courage and cares enough to jump in and say something. And if you say something in a way, I really care a lot. I'm not trying to be rude to anyone. You know, I can hear from your voice, Michelle, right? It's, it's not your MO. You're not going to look like you're aggressive steering, trying to take, you know, take charge of the meeting. That, that's not going to happen for you, okay? So you have to know that's not. But I really want to help the group here. And since we're all together, I want to not waste a single second of our time together. And let's think about this. How can we, uh, you know, come together in a way that's really most powerful, most productive, and help us all to do our best work and our best work together? So that creates... Because if you're waiting to solve for it, it's just because you got to get folks to realize, wait a second, something's not sticking right. You know, if you're in this team meeting and people are talking over each other and no one's hearing it, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a second, right? 
how do we really want to be? And how, how do we want to be together so that we do like unbelievable work? And that takes intention. That doesn't happen by accident, for sure. Yeah. Right? So, so, so I just want to encourage you to not be so overwhelmed with all the possible permutations that you sit back in the corner and you don't say anything. Okay. That, that's what that gets Yeah. To. Yeah. Yeah. I can hear it. You're like, yeah, that's happened to me before. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one-on-one. Yeah, yep. And yeah. I've been in both. Oh, yep. sorry. Go ahead. Yep. So the one I want, I want to just offer a one-on-one, let's say with a senior person in the room saying, you know, could I, you, I know you sat in the meeting, so grateful. I'd really appreciate some direct feedback, you know, and a reason to talk to them. You could just say, I struggle with something, you know, you're in the room. I'm not, I'm not intimidated by you. I'm not afraid. I have to be honest. Sometimes I don't speak up in a way that I really think best serves the group and myself. And I'm just wondering if you have any advice for me. So now you're making, creating awareness with a senior person. Granted, it takes vulnerability, but it's a development area and you want to develop it because the organization has a lot to gain if you do it. And so do you. So rather than shy away from it, and they're senior for a reason, so they've gotten there, they may have some suggestions for you. you and they might say, hey, okay, well, how can I help? You know, what would really help me actually is when we're in these meetings and if a senior person ensured that everyone had a chance to speak up, that would go a long way. And just you give the, the senior person a chance to be a hero. So they aren't well. well what if that senior person is the one doing it? Yeah, that you're still, that's, you're, you're, <laughs> is that's that what you're is that what you're saying? Sorry, I was I was referring to the innocent senior person. So that, I just wanted to know that that okay. was like a senior person. <laughs> I didn't realize that I didn't realize the senior person that was so nuanced was actually the person taking people's ideas. That is, let's yes. just hold that one. Hold that, that off to one. the side for hold that one off for a second. Okay, but just okay. if it's a, a random senior person, we'll call it someone who's innocent on the sidelines, right? That um, you have a good relationship with. I was, I was. That was what I was offering. Is you could go potentially to that person for a mentoring moment mm. and and offer yeah. that that's something you're working on and getting input. Okay, okay. So now I'm sorry, I misunderstood. So now we've got a senior person. Who's taking people's ideas? Is that what's going on? Yeah, it's happening. Okay. Okay. Oh, for sure. For sure it's happening. Okay. So then we take this one-on-one. <laughs> so this is the one-on-one chat we've got going on? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to predicate this on trust in the leader that the person does want to do the right thing. Okay. If, if, if one is in a situation where a leader takes people's ideas you know, has done things that have really hurt people's careers where there's not trust. The, the, my question to you is, why are you staying there? That's for sure. Okay. So mm. I really, I, I feel terrible. I've talked to far too many people who feel like they're under rocks being stepped on. Um, I have compassion for the leaders who behave that way because they think that that's, they think it's right. Uh, maybe no one's ever told them it's not right. I don't I don't know, but I just, you know, not someone that I would care to spend a lot of time with if that's kind of how they treat people. So I think that that, that's a personal choice. It's not a professional one to me. It's a personal one. Like, Hey, do I want to be in an environment whereby this is what goes on intentionally? Okay. And and again, you have to have proof. I know a lot of times people will think, I think, no, no, no. Is there proof? Person has fired people, has really done things, has been malicious. Right. And if that is the case, but if it is, 
just give yourself permission to say, wait a second, I can't change that. And that's not right for me. And, you know, be proactive in finding a place that's a better fit. Okay. So I'm going to caveat this one-on-one conversation with someone that, you know, really would be open to the change. It could make the change. And I know that's a big call too, coachability, but let's just say that that's there. Right. Um, yeah. Hey, Harry, can I, can I have a, a couple minutes with you? Yeah, sure. Michelle, come on in. So here's the thing. And whatever the positive things that you can acknowledge about Harry, acknowledge them. And then you say, look, I've really noticed something and it really, really, really bothers me. And Harry, I have to tell you, it actually, that when I observe these behaviors, it makes me think less of you as both a leader and a person. So the person gets that this is really serious, right? And, and your next line is, and I don't want to think that. I don't want to think that. I think there's goodness inside. So I'm happy to, you know, be pointed in a different direction. But here's the situation. So you set it up, and then this is what you heard, and this is what happened, and that that's that's how I saw it. That's your reality. Okay. Can you see right when you said da 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 right that you know I'm like wow that didn't that didn't give credit to the person where that idea came from. And for me, you know, I can see how others could see how it looks like you're taking their idea, which is, of course, you know, not what we want our boss to do, you know, so it just, just does it's not a good look. So help me, help me, you know, help me that I'm seeing it wrong. Help me that I'm, but, you know, I, I really want to have this conversation f- with you because it's really hard for me to look up and give you the respect that I want to give you. And you care enough, you cared enough to share, right? And so, you know, look at, I got it. You want to fire me, you can fire me. You have to be willing to take the downside of that, Michelle. But I think, you know, for someone who doesn't really want to be doing that, and they're really, they really have dysfunctional behaviors and no one says anything. And I'm like, look at nobody's helping them. God help, you know, so if you were doing something that was really not good for organization, wouldn't you want someone to have the courage and to care enough to tell you? Absolutely. So, you know, that's, I think, I hear a lot of people who feel like this is how it is. You know, he's not, he or she's never going to change. And I think for you to sleep well at night, you need to feel like you did what you could do to the best of your ability. Yeah, there's no, that's true. You can't force people to change. But if you do what you think is right to the best of your ability, quoting Harry Kramer, who headed up Baxter Pharmaceutical, you'll sleep well at night. And... I want to encourage folks that I don't want to make it, you know, wrong or bad, but it may not be the best fit for you to fulfill your best potential and contribute the way you want to contribute. And that's okay. Don't make them wrong or bad, but maybe it's time to be proactive and find place um, or a role that does. And so I just want to encourage folks to realize that, you know, you're, you're driving yourself down this path of life. Um, And, you know, the times that are toughest are the times that will reveal the most about yourself and are the biggest opportunities for growth. That's great. We covered a very, we've covered a lot. So do do you have a top takeaway from all that we covered, Michelle? Oh my God. I wrote down a lot of notes. Um, It might sound random, but a couple of things I wrote down was assume positive intent. I love that. I always try and, um, try and do that like across the board in my profession. Um, even when it seems like someone's being intentional, I, I, I just err on the side of caution, right? Like maybe they just don't know. <laughs> um, 
And I also wrote down the best person to deliver the message. And I love that with teamwork because if you, if you can establish that strong team rapport and it is your idea and you get to a point in your team dynamic where you're like, actually, it may be my idea or someone else's idea, but this other person could deliver that best in this meeting. That's so powerful. I love that. Um, and um, what else did I wrote down here? Oh, I was really shocked when you said, <laughs> you know, this is what I observed and it makes me think less of you. I was like, ooh, <laughs> that was my reaction. But then I'm thinking in the moment, right, if you're at that point, especially if it's something that's happened a few times to where you're like, I've got to say something now and you're feeling really compelled to speak up. I also would encourage anyone listening to, to find that courage to speak up because to your, to your point, he's like, you got to be willing to, to take a chance. And this person could be embarrassed. They could say, Oh my gosh, I don't want you to think less of me. I didn't even realize I was doing that. I thought I was speaking up for the team and didn't realize that it came across as I was taking credit for someone else's idea. So thank you so much for sharing that with me. It could be a really good growth moment for someone senior to you. And, and you know, that could, that could lend you really well in your career growth um, and credibility. So that was a lot to take away, but those were the big things that stuck out to me. Thank you so much. Oh, there's one more, actually, if, if it's okay. One, one last thought. Driving yourself down, you're, you are driving yourself down this path of life. Have to be like on a, on a poster on your office wall. <laughs> I'll set, put it out on one of my skillfully sets. You are. You are in control. You have the steering wheel. You got the brake pedal. You, got, you pedal. You have the accelerator, right? And um, I am just so delighted that you called in. And I really appreciate your being so open and going there. Because I think this was really, this is very eye-opening for me, and I hope listeners all around the world, uh, you know how to reach me, Michelle. So follow up. Let me know if I can be of more help. I am cheering for you in a big way, and I thank you for being part of the solution. You take good care. Thank you so much. Talk soon. Talk soon. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Ah, so great. That's so fabulous. Okay, we are going to actually. This is where I am, folks. I'm in upstate. For the Thanksgiving holiday, and I'm warmly welcoming Claire. Claire, thanks for joining me on the show. Hi, can you hear me okay? I had to change my sound. I can hear you fine. Can you hear me? Okay. Yep. Perfect. Awesome. So, hi. Thank you so hi. much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for making time. Hope you're staying warm. Yes. <laughs> A lot of snow in Western New York. <laughs> Yeah, just uh, gets with the down parka gloves and mittens are coming in handy. Um, okay, Claire, what's uh, top of mind for you? Oh, boy, I, a couple things. But I think the thing that's freshest is uh, recently at work, we had a board meeting where a staff member presented an idea for a grant, um, more like an evolution of a grant that we currently um we currently give out and the board members didn't take it that well. And then we had a debrief on that conversation and my colleague was really hurt and really, really upset because 
she's experienced this kind of behavior before where she was presenting that idea not for discussion, but simply to let them know this is what was happening. And then uh, there were some other colleagues that, again, had, I, I think, uh, positive intent to kind of advocate or play devil's advocate to say, hey, maybe they didn't mean it this way. Um, and my colleague, who was the presenter, just that made her even more upset. And so how this played out in the next couple of days was that she sent an email expressing her discontent with how she felt uh, staff were protecting or defending the negative responses of the board members from that meeting. And this might dive deeper, but it stemmed in a lot of uh, like white supremacy culture and white privilege. And so where I fall into this is I'm torn because I... I hear and I feel for my colleague because we're both women of color and um, my colleague who was a presenter felt like other white women on staff were defending the predominantly white board members that were pushing back on her idea. And at the same time, I feel that my other colleagues were making good points and to consider the whole situation so we're not rocking the whole boat and so I'm not sure how I can both support my colleague who was hurt as well as validate my other colleagues who objectively made some valid points on things that we need to consider for the future of our organization. And also there. <laughs> yes. Wow. Very well articulated. Thank you for being so clear and raising this. It's a juicy one. And I can see how you're able to, like, I see it from the outside in, Claire. Like, I can tell that you're just, I can see this. I can see this. Um, and so that's very powerful to have the ability to be a bit more objective. And that can be very hard. Your colleague, obviously, is very emotional, so it's not easy. And the emotions can can potentially get the better of us. So uh, I I would say the the number one thing is that transparency is our friend. Transparency is our friend, and the transparency that in a this kind of one situation where someone presented and people responded, obviously people saw it very different ways. And that may seem very obvious to you, but I think just helping level set with folks saying, hey, here's a situation that we were all in. And what I'm noticing is, you know, we, we've come away with a lot of different experiences, a lot of different realities about it. And for us to work as an organization productively, we really do need to do our best to align on an accurate and shared reality. So I'd like to just offer that that's something in the back of our mind we're all a part of. We're all a part of creating something that's an accurate and shared reality. So I'll pause there. How does that land as an as a opening thesis? I think that's a good foundation, and I'm a big supporter of transparency. And I think in the situation, the board members felt that there wasn't transparency, not that something secretive was going on, but that this was the first they were hearing of it, rather than knowing, okay, like we are brainstorming this idea, 
we'll come back to you with an update of how the idea has come to fruition in the next couple months. Um, and then transparency, like between staff, we really do try to practice that um, intentionally. And what is uh, coming to light in this transparency is that some people feel really, really strongly one way and other people feel really, really strongly the other way. And so for staff who are trying to remain neutral um, and, and keep the ship moving, um, yeah, how, through that transparency, how do we connect people? How, how do we support them um, for the greater mission? Yeah. Yes. So let me backtrack. So the, the notion of introducing is getting to this accurate shared reality. Let's pause on doing anything about it yet. The next thing I would say is helping everyone realize that, look at everyone here, everyone, all of us are part of both the problem and the solution. It might be easy for the presenter to think the board is wrong. It might be easy for the board to think the presenter is wrong. However, we're all involved on both sides. And by that, to make it a level uh, of more detail, a presenter, it might have been that, hey, this is an idea. My intention is only to raise it as an idea. We know it's not fleshed out. We're not at all suggesting, advocating, or recommending it. We just want you to know it's on the radar. Had that come across up front, perhaps, a board, you know, which may be used to evaluating ideas, for example, right, would not have responded the way they did. Now, right, for the board, they may realize that they put someone on defense, right, with the way they were asking questions, would have, but they weren't meaning to. They were trying to make sure that we were thinking through the idea in its fullest. So I think that that is a really important thing. If someone can't own even 2% of the problem, we have a problem, right? So if someone said, look, I did everything. Like, no, none of us are always right or always wrong. And that is a really important thing to work with all colleagues. And then, the, you know, I, th- I would say that people have to realize we're having some different experiences, right? And people have a lot, a lot of emotions going out here. I just want to call that out. You're absolutely entitled to have the emotions. One of the things for us to be able to be objective and to work constructively is to, to do our best to think about what really serves the whole here. I know we have different views of that, but let's make sure we make this something that serves the whole organization, not one faction or any of us, and do our best to call it stay high. So those might be some guiding principles and see how people talk through those in general first. And then say, hey, you know, this is the situation. Let me just try to read it out. So-and-so presented, didn't go well. And as a result, here's where we are. You know, so-and-so feel hurt. You know, people were defending. And can we just peel it back? You know, we want to be able to move forward from this. Do we all want to move forward? Okay. So I think that each, each group has to be able to feel heard and then say, what do you need? And the team has to work and figure out if that's possible. And I'll, I'll just go on a limb, and I know this won't be the case, but if someone was like, no, I was wrong, this is bad, I say, okay, I understand, I feel terrible that you feel wrong. I know that wasn't people's intention. If you're not willing to let that go, this isn't going to work. 
And yeah. that's okay. That's an okay outcome. That's not on Claire to solve for, but you got to raise that and say, hey, you know, we want to be better. It's a growth opportunity. I would offer it's a growth opportunity. And yeah. all this stuff happens to people and how, you, how you're going to respond is what's going to be most defining about you. I would offer to you that that's, that's a real opportunity for you. Thank you. So that's a big one. Um, we talked about a lot. Do you have one particular top takeaway? Um, I think it's just continued communication and working towards that transparency. So each staff feels that they can talk to each other and you know speak their truth, but also take time to see that there's room for growth and room to own that sometimes we are wrong or not the most right. <laughs> um, and to continue reminding ourselves that we're all here because we have shared values and like mind and want to work towards a positive, bigger picture to continue the work of our organization. Yeah. Very, very well articulated. You are part of the solution. Thank you, Claire, for joining me. I can, uh, you can find me if I can uh, be of help. And uh, I uh, trust that it's going to go the way it needs to go. And just know that, that you can't control how the others respond, but you do what you um, you think is best for the organization and, and feel good about that. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, take good care. Ciao, ciao. Thanks. Okay, last but not least, we're heading to Pooja in, I believe, Oklahoma City. Is that where you are, Pooja? Welcome to the show. Thank you, Molly. Can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly. Yeah, glad to be with you on The Voice of America. Yes, I'm glad to have you too. What's on top of mind for you? Yeah, so uh, being an executive coach, I received this question as a worry from my clients. So I thought I will check with you. So it's about mental well-being. So how to emphasize mental well-being as a lead in your team? Uh, I realized that teammates need psychological safety to perform at work. In spite of the fact that they have great job skills, they need space where, you know, they can open up even about their um, anxiety, depression or sleep problems. Uh, so my question is, how should one initiate a conversation with their team as a lead to demonstrate a culture of support and mental well-being to maintain group affinity within a team? Ooh, that's a loaded one. I This is such a front and center topic. Pooja, could you do me a favor, please, and just reword it because I want to make sure I understand the challenge. You're the team lead or any team lead? The client's a team lead? Yes, clients is a team lead. So, and the question is, how do they raise the topic of... Uh, yeah. Yes, they, how, how they can make their team feel safe to open up if they are facing any any problems which are related with their mental well-being, uh, understanding the fact they are good at their jobs, but sometimes they might face problems which are going on with them. Uh, but then uh, I think as a lead, if they sh share, they open up, that makes them more comfortable to perform their job. What do yeah. you think? Yes, I, this is a very, I am not number one, a psychiatrist. I'm not skilled in this. So that is not the angle I can, can take or would want to take. And I, I um, really appreciate that 
many people are going through a lot of emotional, mental health struggles. And I also appreciate that we are at work and at work, people have a lot of stuff they have to get done or the business doesn't stay in business. And so there's a tension there potentially. I think there's a family caring for people that I think is at the base of companies doing well. Um, And at the same time, we need to make sure that we realize the intent of the organization too. So I think it's really an important thing for a leader to say, hey, I care about you as people. I think that's the first thing. And I, I know we're all here for work. I'm not joking. You know, we're here for a salary. This isn't charity, right? We're here to get jobs done. And so we all, I know that everyone values that. We want to work together productively to get that done. So I think that's just make that clear. And, you know, I, I appreciate that we're having a lot of different experiences about, you know, how work is. And, and it's been a lot for for folks and we have very different experiences and, and for some it may have been a lot harder to handle mm-hmm. and there can be some stresses that are built up inside. Right. I want folks to know that if they're if you're going through a tough patch, mm-hmm. um, I'm not here to necessarily solve it, but I do want to be able to be supportive and I can't be supportive if I don't know mm-hmm. it's uh, that you might be having a struggle. So I'm not telling you you have to tell me, but I want to offer to you that if it if I can be helpful and it, and if maybe you need a little allowance with time or what have you, I, I'm happy to do that. But I can't do that if I don't know. So again, this is not me, the leader, telling you anything you have to do. I want you to use your judgment, but I want you to know that I care, and that if I can be helpful or what have you, I'm 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 willing to to listen and and to do what I can. Right. I'd make it as short and sweet, Pooja, because I think that. The danger is people perhaps getting a little bit spun out and making it seem like the team is supposed to support people's wellness. I mean, we are not trained in this, okay? So listen, we want to be friends and we want to be supportive and we care about our coworkers and we want to help them. But mm-hmm. I don't also want people to think that that is any of the folks are necessarily qualified to do that. Having conversations about this can be very helpful. So that might be, is, and I'll leave it to the team. Is that something we want? Do we want to invite in? Um, mental health experts to to just educate ourselves or mm-hmm. is there a book we want to do as a book club to read and just get educated you know as a leader you know just polling and seeing what's coming from the people can be a great way to to understand what what a next step might be and I think this is a very individual thing so you know again the makeup of teams and who they are and how long they've been together et cetera et cetera et cetera all weigh in on that mm-hmm. Right, Molly. Yes, that makes sense. It makes sense. Is uh, is there any follow-on to that? Do you feel like that's a good, a good way at least to give your clients something to start with? Yes, definitely, because people want to open up and they want to be understood. Uh, and looking at the rise of uh, these mental problems, I think we cannot exclude that out of a person when they come come to their job. So I think, yes, you give give great guidelines in terms of starting a conversation to make them feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that notion of uh, helping people know they matter and two that, hey, we all have stuff. Everyone, Mm -hmm. we all have stuff. We're all, you know, it makes us human and people shouldn't feel bad about the stuff. And, you know, the people know, you know, we can ask for help. 
So, you know, asking for help for some is harder than others. It's, it's okay. Um, just suggest some, hey, you know, look at asking for help can be a real show of courage and just, you know, anything I can do to support you on that, I'm here. That may be enough for someone to feel a little bit better about themselves. Yeah. Suja, do you have one top takeaway before we wrap? Um, top takeaway is that the lead is open for a conversation where they can open up. And I think it's very compassionate, like you said, to tell them that, yes, you can share with me if there are anything. I am there with you to individually listen to what you want to say. Yeah, fantastic. I am cheering for you, my friend. You're a big part of the solution. Uh, I'm here. If I can be of help in the future, you let me know. And I wish you well and you take good care. Thank you. Okay, folks, my thought for the week, and it is a Chinese proverb, tension is who you think you should be. Relaxation is who you are. And that is a wrap. Thank you for tuning in. Please be part of the solution and kindly share this show. Reflect on your top takeaways. And no, I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality, essential to make the best decisions execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Homelessness is a problem that's more costly to ignore than solve. The U.S. spends $12 billion a year responding, but resources alone aren't enough. I'd like you to know there are cities and counties proving what does work. Partnering with Community Solutions, a nonprofit I'm on the board of, more than 80 communities around the country are succeeding in ending homelessness, beginning with chronic and veteran homelessness. They convene local leaders around data and are changing how they work and spend their resources. So homelessness becomes rare. More than half have already reduced the number of people experiencing chronic and veteran homelessness with commitment to get to zero. What can you do? Visit www.built40.org and see whether your community is engaged. Contact your mayor and ask, do you know the number of people experiencing homelessness in real time? Do you know every homeless person by name? What are you doing to drive measurable reductions in homelessness? Please challenge the fiction that says homelessness is an intractable problem. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out SayItSkillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too. 